Welcome to another inspirational message from Gateway Life Church. We're so glad that you've joined us and trust that this podcast will be a blessing to you. Well, today, as I've already communicated earlier, we're beginning a new series for the month of March called The Calling. And our key passage for this series is found in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, which is also Gateway Word of the Week. Gateway Word of the Week is posted every Sunday afternoon on our Gateway Facebook and Instagram platforms. And if you want to learn more about Gateway Word of the Week, just read the content and the content of that post will help you to approach God's Word with the great expectation of hearing from God. And Ephesians chapter 4 verse 1 says, and these are the words of the Apostle Paul, he said, Therefore I... A prisoner. Interesting language, don't you think? He calls himself a prisoner. Uh, The Bible says that we're actually all born into sin. We're all born, as it were, in an invisible cage. The reality is we're all a prisoner to something. Some of us here today and online or watching this replay uh, are a a prisoner to our own negative self-talk. We're a prisoner to our past. We're a a prisoner to our addiction. And and so the reality is this, we're all a prisoner to something. But Paul is uh, boldly declaring that he's a prisoner for serving the Lord. And the amazing thing about being a prisoner of serving the Lord that is this, that in his presence there is fullness of joy and in the presence of God there is freedom. So it's kind of a little bit of a, you know, a paradox, isn't it? And so he says, I'm happy to be a a prisoner serving the Lord. And then he goes on to say, And I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. And so today, both on site and online, if you've A, acknowledged, B, believed, and C, confessed Jesus Christ as your loving Lord and Savior, and have asked Him to forgive you of your sins then there's no doubt about God's call on your life. And if you don't believe that you've done that, or perhaps it's been a while since you've done that, we're going to give you an opportunity today at the end of this service to get your life right again with God. Remember, get the vertical relationship with God right first, and then everything horizontally will work out for you. Seek first the kingdom of God and my ways, and then all that you need will be added unto you. Everything, relationally, spiritually, physically, financially. And I can just feel, I can feel it uh, in the Apostle Paul's words. I can feel the love. I can feel the passion. I can feel the intensity in Paul's voice when he says, I beg you. I beg you to lead a life. I think that's an interesting, uh, interesting word there as well when he says to lead, to lead a life. Lead by example when it comes to what Christ-likeness is all about. Firstly, I believe in humility, in humility, to lead a life worthy of your calling. And I also really believe that when we believe that we're uniquely created and called by God for a cause that it ought to put some weight on our day to day. Which is why King David said in Psalm 90 verse 12, he said, Lord, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. But what does it mean 
to be called by God? And what have we been called to? You know, there's so many things that I could talk about right now, which is, you know, why we're taking a month to talk about the calling. And I think only, uh, even then, we'll only begin to scratch the surface. But what I've noticed over the years is this. This is what I've seen as a Christian. As a Christian, as someone who loves God, what I've witnessed over many years is that too many people, too many Christians are focusing on trying to work out what they've been called to do instead of focusing on who they've been called to. And that makes all the difference. You see, it's not about the do, it's about the who. Would you please, for some you know, participation today, why don't you repeat after me? It's not about the do. It's about the who. One more time. It's not about the do. Say it confidently. It's about the who. And this is why. Well done. And I really do believe. Listen to me, brother. Listen to me, sister. I really do believe that this is why so many can become confused in their faith journey. They become confused, conflicted, and they overthink the calling. You know why? Because they might see what someone else is doing in the church, perhaps creatively, and they, wonder, they think to themselves, well, perhaps that's what I'm supposed to do. But then they hear about Paul Leonotta, who's going to be leading a street evangelistic group on Easter Saturday, April 3. And if you're interested in that, then see Paul Ianotta. Those guys are going to meet here at 10 a.m. on Saturday, April 3 for prayer and preparation and then go to the streets. And then you might hear about that and think, well, gee, is that what I'm called to do? Or am I called to do this? Or am I called to business or whatever? You know, it's not about the do, it's about the who. And when you get the vertical relationship right, when you get the who in order, the do will find and follow you. It can't not. It's like, it's like the, uh, uh, the story I read out around communion today regarding Isaiah. When he saw the, uh, the Lord high and lifted up and the train of his robe filling the temple, how his presence and his power filled the house and how the whole earth is full of his glory. He goes, well, I'm done. I'm done for the things of this world. Before I had that encounter, I was going about looking for love in all the wrong faces and places and trying to find, I just can't get no satisfaction anywhere. But now that I've seen the Lord, I'm done. I'm done. He said, I, I'm undone. We, we, uh, we heard the story that one of the seraphim flew with a live uh, coal in his hand and with it he touched his mouth and said, See, I'm now declaring that your sins are atoned for and your heart is purified. You see, he got the vertical relationship right. And some of you are wandering about and you're asking, What's my next step? Get the vertical relationship right. And then this call of God comes from the Father saying to Isaiah, whom shall we send and who will go for us? Isaiah's like, I'm done for the things of the world now, God. Send me. This is why, my friends, the calling is the most important call in your life. If you don't get that right, everything about your faith is going to be a struggle, going to be up and down, tossed to and fro, like every, by every thought, every feeling, every doctrine. But this is what happens when we don't get the vertical relationship right. We go looking about horizontally. And so we've got to remember the who we've been called to, Jesus Christ.
the King of Kings, the Creator of all things. It's not about the do, it's about the who. So what has God called us to? We've been called, number one, to salvation, number two, to sanctification, and number three, to service. And perhaps there's a, there's a few little extra points in heaven for me right now because all those points begin with S. I don't know, and it doesn't really matter. Yeah, moving right along. Okay, um, we're called to salvation because we know for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. So we're called to be saved. And I'll read out another passage in a moment. But then we're called to, number two, sanctification. Because salvation, when you ask the Lord to forgive you of all your sins, the Bible says that we're justified just like that. Imagine for a moment, look at the screen. Imagine for a moment, all of your sins are written there. Every single thing that you've thought, said and done, both publicly and privately. Hands up here, who would like your sins displayed on that screen for everyone to see right now. I don't know about you, but I'm going to say thank you, everyone. And it was great to see you today. It's like, what? Really? Pastor? Yes. There, of course, there are things that I'm not proud of. And the Bible says that, uh, when we come before God and ask Him for forgiveness, we're justified, which translator means just as if we never did those things. So I might have committed a bunch of sins, but then I come before God, I bring, as it were, my, my page, my book, the things that I've done. I say, God, I'm not proud of this. I'm so sorry. Would you please forgive me? The Lord says, yes, and wipes the slate clean. That's called being justified, just as if you had never done those things. Praise God. Who's happy about that? Can I, get, uh, can I get a response about who's happy about that? But now begins the, the process, number two, of sanctification, which is a lifelong process. I'm justified immediately, but I'm not changed immediately. I'm being sanctified. I may not be who I used to be. Uh, sorry, I may not be everything that I am supposed to be, but thank God I'm not what I used to be. And so sanctification is a lifelong process. You know how people in the natural will forgive us? Sometimes never. Sometimes they'll do it in installments. Perhaps for husbands and wives here, you get forgiven in installments over time. It's like, yeah, I'll forgive you, but I'm just going to wait and see. In some cases, that might be fair enough. But not God. God's not like that. God, would you forgive me? Yes, Especially when you do it with your heart, okay, with all your heart, God doesn't forgive in installments because God is greater than any sin. The, the, the deeper the sin, the deeper the love and the grace and the forgiveness. And so that's sanctification. Number three, service. Uh, we know that Jesus himself, uh, wow, it just blows my mind even wrapping my, my lips around these words, that Jesus himself did not come to be served, but to serve fallen humanity and then give his life a ransom for all. That doesn't motivate you to serve and to just want to get on with something in the house. I don't know what will. Let's look now at 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 9 and this is going to surprise some of us and it could be a little bit of a, uh, a culture shock perhaps, all right, because in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9, it says, For God saved us and called us to live a holy life. 
If you want to know what the calling of God is all about, I've already said, number one, salvation. God saved us and called us to live a holy life. Stay with me. Don't check out just yet. Thinking, what? Me? Holy? Nothing could be further from the truth. Stay with me. He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan from the beginning of time, to show us his grace through Jesus Christ. Now, little Bible college lecture just for a, a moment or two. Uh, the Greek word for holy is hagios and is used 235 times in the New Testament. And this word is an adjective which describes the characteristic of a person, a place or an object. For instance, if I were to say it's a hot day today, the word hot is the adjective describing what kind of a day it is. And we've all been created and called not only to be holy, but we've also been created and called to do something significant, something influential, something unique, and something eternal. But our calling isn't just about something great that we'll do in the future. Our calling has to do about our faithfulness to God today. It's got to be about today. And I think that people who overthink their calling think in terms of the future instead of present tense. And so we've got to be faithful to God today. God is looking for faithfulness today. Faithfulness to your spouse if you're married. Faithfulness as a parent to your children and children to parents. Being obedient to your parents as unto the Lord. Being faithful being faithful. And so the size of our assignment and faithfulness to God today can never predict the size of the blessing in the future. Just be faithful and fruitful to God and therefore his people. A little boy by the name of David didn't fully comprehend the impact that one small stone could have until he unleashed it upon Goliath. What about another little boy who had five loaves and two fish which fed 5,000 men besides women and children. He didn't realize the impact of being faithful with a little and just the blessing that would follow because he was faithful in the little today. And Colossians chapter 3, verse 17 says, And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. I feel like I have a word. Now, this could be for anyone. Take it. Take it if it's, you feel the Holy Spirit speaking to you. I feel I have a word for that back row right there. The back row. Okay? The back row. And uh, here's the word. Be faithful not only in the little, but be faithful in the unseen. Be faithful in the unseen. And God wants you to know that he will so bless you. God is going to give you eyes to see and the heart to meet a need. So like I said, this is not just for the back row. This is an all-inclusive prophetic word, okay? God's going to give you eyes to see, ears to hear, and, and the, the means to meet certain needs. And God's going to test your heart. And he's calling it the test of the little things. Being faithful in the little things. God says, be faithful in the little things. Do them even out of the sight of men. Don't tell anyone about it. Just do it. Just do it. 
And the Lord says, watch and see what I do when you begin to apply your heart to being faithful in the little things. He says, I'm going to give you eyes to see things that need to be done in the home, in the church, in the community. And I'm going to give you ears to hear in the heart and the means to meet the need. The Lord said, I'm testing you, not just you, but all of us to see if he can trust us with the little, even in our finances. I'll put it out there. Don't judge me. Judge God's word. It was interesting. I watched uh, a video <laughs> about tithing during the week. And the title of the, the, the actual, uh, the headline of the video was called, Is Tithing Necessary Today? I thought, I'll have a look at this. I know what I believe. The answer for me is yes. But long story short, this particular professor of theology went into uh, a great teaching uh, about how in the Old Testament, it was all about the tenth. A tenth of this and a tenth of that and whatever else. And, uh, but then he said it didn't include the offerings because it was a tenth of this and a tenth of that. And, and then the offerings, he said, was probably also a, a 10% offering. So it's about 20%. But in the New Testament, he said Jesus overturned the whole thing. He said, hey, you need to be faithful, not just in you know, the tithe, but also love, mercy and grace. But anyway... The outcome of this video was, now it's not about a tithe in the New Testament. It's more than a tithe. It's called sacrificial giving. It's not about the tithe. The tithe is easy. If I have 10 donuts, and God says, tithe one of your donuts, and you want a donut, if I give you one donut, I've still got nine left. That's more than enough for me, I think. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? If I've got 10 pizzas from Larry's, and you ask for one, or a slice, I think I can afford to give you a slice or one pizza from Larry's Pizza. Shout out to Giselle and Larry. Moving into town, I hear. Praise God. Count me in. Um, I think you get the point. It's all about sacrificial giving. And so, where am I? Yes. And whatever you do in word and deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And when everything we do is for the glory of God, let it be for the glory of God. Uh, you'll never have to wonder about what you're called to because your purpose, it'll find and it'll follow you. And I've seen this so many times over the years. This is my story. This is Pastor Trina's story. I, I did not care what I was asked to do when I got saved in my church. I just heard a need and I just got there. So there was a need for uh, people to be on the door. I thought, oh man, the door. Wow, the door. And, and people would pull up in their cars. We used to, this is like a church we were a part of many years ago. We thank God for those days. But in this little community facility, we, we could see through the front door people getting out of the, the car in the car park. And I'd, I'd, I'd yell out from the door, Hey, it's great to see you. And they just got out of the car. But they smiled. They felt welcome. I thought, if I'm going to be on the door, I'm going to be the best door person there is. Because I'm not just greeting people, I'm greeting the people of God. And the Bible says you can't say that you love God, but hate your brother and sister. And the way that we prove that we love God is the way that we love one another. And I'm not just talking about the people who do good to you. Jesus said, if you just do good to those who do good to you, you don't have a reward. You don't have a reward. But you have a reward if somebody spitefully uses you, abuses you, and then at the right time, you just love them anyway. 
Jesus said, that's what being a son and a daughter of God is all about. That's a good testimony to what it means to be a son and a daughter of God. And so I just want to say also that on Sunday, uh, March uh, 21 at 12 p.m., we're having our ABC Pathway to Purpose, okay? And it's in that session, we'll just get that up on the screen. It's in that session that once again, our Gateway Choir will lead us in worship. It's going to be so good. What a great way to start a 12 p.m. session. So if you want to walk into that 12 p.m. session and then walk out with clarity about your top three spiritual gifts, this is where you need to be. I spoke to someone during the week. I won't mention their name. They've been a part of this church for, uh, let me think, I think about 12 years, coming up to 13 years. And I said to them, I said, I just feel in my heart, it would be, it's time for you to come and, and do this uh, session, even though you've been in the faith uh, for like probably 20 or 30 years. I think it's a time for a reset for you and to refresh your vision and, and your call in God. And their, their response to their credit was immediate. They said, oh, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Yep, okay, I'll be there. What about you? Do you feel a little bit stale in your faith? where your faith is predictable, we want to help you to, uh, we want to teach you how to share your faith and rediscover your calling. So if that's you, then come uh, 12 p.m. Sunday, uh, March 21. We're going to begin to close. And, you know, um, there are times when, you know, people, they want to feel important. Many people want to feel important, be important, have an important role or business and make an important impact, which is fine, and it's great. However, there's actually something far more important than just wanting to be important. Because when I, when we, stand before the Lord Jesus Christ on Judgment Day, which the Scripture talks about, there's something that I'd like to share with you now that I would personally like to hear from my Lord and my Savior and my soon coming King. And these are the words of Jesus found in Matthew chapter 25, verse 21. P please understand, judgment day is coming. And, and I don't say that, you know, to put fear on anyone. Although if it puts the right kind of fear in you, which motivates you to want to get up and draw near to God again, then I, then I think that's good. To me, that would sound like a wake-up call, being shaken out of a sleepy spiritual state. I think that's a good thing. But Matthew chapter 25, verse 21 says, he's talking about the last day, the ju judgment day. His Lord said to him, well done, good, and what? Faithful. It's about being faithful to God today. It doesn't say, well done, good, and important servants. You did many important things. You were, you were so important and so impressive. Even I was impressed by your importance. Now, it doesn't say that. It says, well done, good and faithful servant. You were what? Faithful over a few things. Just a few things. God's not calling you to, you know, be faithful over a lot of things. Just, just a few things. And he says, I will now make you ruler of many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. I just want you to know that we're all being tested for the next life. God wants to give us many things, actually, which is why he's testing us today with a few things. Our success will not be based on how important we look to everyone else, but how faithful 
we were to God. And today I began this series with Ephesians chapter 4 verse 1 and uh, I'm going to conclude with it and I pray that you'll feel and hear God's call through the Apostle Paul today. And he says, Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. And so today you've heard part one in the calling, especially not only to salvation, but to our holy life. And some of us might be thinking, well, that's not at all for me. <laughs> that's not for me. Why, why would somebody, you know, potentially say that? Well, I think it's because the whole thought of living a holy life devoted to God is just so far from your own current reality and that we're seeing the impossibility of it. But today, I don't want you to overthink it because God would not call us to something that He would not empower us to do. He wouldn't ask us to do something if He Himself hadn't already done it, which is the reason why Jesus came and lived perfectly according to the Ten Commandments. You see, God knows that we're going to make mistakes. And even though there will be people who, you know, just want to hold our mistakes in our faces forever and a day, God wants you to know He never will. People might want to do that. People want, might want to hold your mistakes. Remember when you did this. You know, when I first got saved, and, and, and the guys that I used to hang around, around with knew that I'd become a Christian, they would all so laugh. And I remember I was with one of my Christian mates at the time, and, and I said to my mates, I said, hey, this is, uh, you know, so-and-so, and, you know, we go to the same church. And they would say to him, do you know this guy? Do you know what this guy has done? <laughs> and it actually chokes me up right now because my friend... Uh, responded and said, well, it doesn't matter what he's done. And you might remember what he's done, but our Heavenly Father has forgotten all of his mistakes and his sins. And it just, you could see that it really touched my life at the time because it's still uh, so real to me today. And so if you feel today that what I'm saying is speaking to you, then I want you to know that you're just one prayer. Athena, sister, Dorcas, you're just one prayer away today from being so transformed in your heart, not by our own efforts, but by the presence and by the power of the Holy Spirit from the front to the back, from the left to the right. You might feel bad for some of the things that you've done. You might feel guilty you might feel ashamed of your sins, but I've got good news for you today. And that is that the love and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ is far bigger than anything we've ever done or committed. And that's really, really good news. What a great people you are. What a powerful bunch you are. You are a powerful bunch of people. And someone here is thinking, what are you talking to me? I'm only a youth. The Lord says, don't say that. Don't say you're only a youth. Don't say you're only this. Don't say you're only that. Don't say you're too old. Don't say, I'm, you know, I'm only a mother with 
you know, too many children to look after. What can I do? Don't say that, the Lord says. Don't say, but I'm single. I don't have a partner. The Lord says, don't say that. Who called you? Remember, get the vertical relationship right. And who knows what God will do for the person who says yes. Big part of the success of my wife's and my life is that we just keep on saying yes. Yes to God. Yes to the call. We don't claim to be anyone special. Like I was the shyest person you'd ever meet before I came to know Jesus. Yeah, I was a bit of a rat bag and I was a bit rowdy with my mates. But apart from that, I was the shyest person you'd ever meet. But I just kept on saying yes. Why don't we, before we walk out of this room today, all say yes to the vertical call of God in Jesus Christ? If that's you, if you're like, yep, you're just so talking to me today. I am so ready to take the next step. I am so ready to reset my faith and my love for Jesus, then I want to invite you to pray this prayer after me. Are you ready? God's got something good for you. Are you ready? Pray after me. Dear Father in heaven, why don't we say it confidently and boldly? Can we do that? Dear Father in heaven, I humble myself this day, and I simply ask with faith in my heart, that you would forgive me of all my sins. I acknowledge you are the only Lord and Savior of my soul. I believe that Jesus Christ died for me and was raised from the dead on the third day. I confess my sins. Forgive me, I ask, of all my sins. Today, I say yes to the who is calling me, and I make that a priority over the do, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. I feel like something good is going to happen. I feel like something... No, sorry. Forgive me. I feel like something great is about to happen on the other side of your yes. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Gateway Life Church. For more information, please visit gatewaylifechurch.org.au. God bless and have a great day.